faster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Well, good morning. Frank did a great job from home, didn't he? Well, you know, he always does a great job. Deb Valentine with your early news. This this is the top five at five. Dire predictions from health experts about Omicron. 140 million new infections expected into the new year from January to March of 2022. Well, Christmas is canceled. Yes, I said it. Christmas is canceled. And I'm just telling you what Dr. Anthony Fauci said. He says, listen to this, uninvite your guests due to Omicron. And denials from President Joe Biden. Biden claiming the supply chain crisis does not exist. And furthermore, Biden says store shelves are well stocked. Failing grades for Facebook. You may feel the same way. Americans think that it is the worst social media website. Now, three out of four Americans worry how their information and personal data is being used by the social media giant. This is going to shock New York City's LGBTQ community. Saudi Arabia's top religious body says that homosexuality is one of the most heinous crimes. Also, that gay people are a disgrace in this world and the next. All right, details on all these stories. Deb Valentine with your early news as we work away to 6 o'clock, the Bernie and Sid in the morning program. Dire warnings from health experts about Omicron. Now, we've heard so much about it here on 77 WABC. The COVID-19 variant expected to actually explode into the new year. 140 million cases are predicted during the first quarter of next year. From January through March, 60% of Americans are expected to be infected with Omicron, most asymptomatic. Here's CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky. We know with Omicron that has more mutations and is able to evade our vaccines better, that we are going to see vaccinated and even boosted people have breakthrough cases. And they will have breakthrough cases with mild and mild disease or perhaps even asymptomatic disease. All right. So she says so important to get tested as many of these infected Americans are asymptomatic researchers from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. That's at the University of Washington updated their COVID-19 model. Now, they expect the virus to hit the U.S. hard come January, peaking at 2.8 million new cases a day by January 28th. And uh, the IHME director is Dr. Chris Murray, said we are expecting an enormous surge in infections, so an enormous spread of Omicron. All right. Now, here's what Dr. Anthony Fauci said. He is, of course, President Biden's top infectious disease specialist. Dr. Fauci says Christmas is canceled. The nation's top infectious disease expert is telling you to uninvite, yes, uninvite, unvaccinated family for your Christmas holiday celebration. Now, Dr. Fauci says it's all because of Omicron. Over 172,000 new cases of the COVID-19 variant are being seen each and every day. This is unprecedented to see this rapidity with which any individual virus spreads throughout the world. It is really extremely unusual. It's a doubling time of two to three days, closer to two days. So Dr. Fauci says, yes, uninvite your unvaccinated guests. 
Well, a couple of uh, notable developments this morning about COVID. President Biden is going to take another PCR test after being exposed to an aide who later tested positive for COVID. Roughly two million people have been flying every day since Thursday, according to TSA screening data. AAA had predicted that travel will be up some 37 percent this year when, with an additional 27.7 million people traveling over the holiday period, which actually officially begins today through January 3rd despite all these worries about Omicron. So the U.S. is averaging over 148,000 new cases daily over the past week, and that is a 23% increase from just two weeks ago. Confirmed Omicron cases increased by 19% day over day, up by over 1,700 as of yesterday morning. Deaths so have stabilized, so there's a glimmer of hope here, with America averaging about 1,300 deaths per day in line with recent weeks. All right. We've seen those supply chain issues all over the place, bare shelves and out of stock items in stores and online too. containers sitting in ports. And now President Biden claims claims the supply chain crisis did not occur. Brought together business and labor leaders to solve problems. And much, uh, you know, the much predicted uh, crisis didn't occur. And furthermore, Biden says shelves are not empty this Christmas. He says gifts are being delivered and the president rejects that truckers are trying to repeal his vaccine mandate. The president met with his supply chain task force yesterday. And uh, meanwhile, we've got bad grades for a huge social media giant. You may feel the same way. Bad grades for Facebook. The social media giant is America's least trusted social media site. Now, three quarters of Americans that were surveyed say they are also worried about how Facebook uses things like their personal information and other data. So this new poll found that 72 percent of surveyed Americans distrust Facebook's management of their personal data. The poll was taken November 22nd with results released yesterday. It found that 56 percent of us believe Facebook has a negative impact on our society. Respondents were also skeptical of other social media platforms such as TikTok as well as Instagram. And the survey also found that about 70% of people are concerned about the way electronic devices listen in in possible inappropriate ways. All right, WABC News time is 5.07. Let's get a check for you out there on traffic with Susie Cerrone. Good morning. Alternate side in effect. Five minutes at the Hudson River crossings heading into the city. Issues in Queens. We've got road work with single laning on the Van Wyck southbound through Jamaica Avenue and a crash in Queens on the Jackie Robinson North and at Union Turnpike. Big problem in Greenwich, 95 southbound near exit three, an overnight accident. All right, let's pick up with your weather. A sunny day today, our high near 39. The wind chill between 20 and 30 degrees. Very light winds up to 10 miles per hour. And tonight we have a 20% chance of some very light snow. Mostly cloudy, steady temperature around 35 degrees. So our fifth story in our top five at five. This is sure to upset the LGBTQ community here in New York City. Saudi Arabia's top religious body has declared homosexuality one of the most heinous crimes. Now, also, Saudi Arabia's top religious body said gay people are a disgrace in this world and the next. 
All right. The positive COVID news, the FDA has given thumbs up to a new pill. It's been developed by drug manufacturer Pfizer, of course, to treat COVID. And the company says that this Pfizer COVID pill does two main things. One, it cuts the risk of hospitalization and death in COVID-19 patients by about 89%. So this pill is called Paxlovid. It'll be available by prescription only. The White House COVID coordinator is Jeff Zentz, and he says the U.S. government has purchased about 10 million treatment courses of this new pill. The Pfizer team has a very promising and now authorized treatment, a pill that dramatically reduces the risk of hospitalizations and death for those at risk. All right. So the FDA gave emergency use authorization Wednesday for use in patients ages 12 and up for this new pill. There was a study of about 1,200 patients that was released last month. Now, it showed that the drug eliminates nearly nine out of 10 hospitalizations for COVID-19 patients. So the plan is to give the prescription pill to infected patients within the first five days of symptoms. Well, there are more worries this morning about President Biden's health. There are cognitive concerns, as we know, over his forgetfulness during his speeches. And now Biden's been coughing in public this week during remarks. And if you get sick, you're likely to spread it to others, including friends and family. And the unvaccinated have a significantly higher risk of ending up in a hospital or even dying. Still too many where people are very eager to get their booster where it's harder to get an appointment, excuse me. So one of Biden's staffers tested positive for COVID-19 was a staffer who traveled on Air Force One last Friday. The person's name not really so. And the White House says Biden will be tested again today for COVID. The president did announce yesterday that the feds will ship some 500 million at-home rapid tests for COVID-19 starting next month. And also the feds are setting up some federally run testing sites here in New York and other COVID-19 hotspots. And also about a thousand military personnel are being deployed to help hospitals on an as-needed basis. Oh, oh, you don't want to hear this. Omicron may cause some new travel restrictions for travelers domestically right here within the United States. White House Press Secretary is now is Jen Psaki, and she said Wednesday that the Biden administration would require proof of vaccinations for domestic travel if if the health impact is overwhelming due to the Omicron surge. Saki was on MSNBC's uh, Way Too Early with host Jonathan Lemire. We know that masking can be is very effective uh, on airplanes. Uh, that's a restriction that we've also increased the fines on. So we know uh, that people are wearing masks. More people are wearing masks. Uh, we also know that uh, putting in place that additional restriction might delay flights, might have d- additional implications. And we would do it, though, if the health impact was overwhelming. So this is something the Biden administration is considering. Now, Saki also claimed yesterday the president saved Christmas. Listen to this. Saki said President Joe Biden did so by making sure that gifts arrive on time, despite the rampant spread of Omicron and rising COVID-19 cases. As the New York Times said today, Christmas gifts are arriving on time this year. Good news. We've saved Christmas. And that is because President Biden recognized this challenge early, acted as an honest broker to bring key stakeholders together and focused on addressing practical problems across the global supply chain. All right. The president met with his supply chain yesterday at the White House. He said store shelves were 
90% stocked. Saki blasting a New York Times article about improved shipping, though. It reports consumers shopped early. Retailers marked down items this fall and shippers planned ahead to deliver items. However, as we know, 100 container ships are still off the coast of California sitting there. Well, two Democrats who support police reforms both carjacked hours apart. Five people are under arrest, though, after Representative Mary Scanlon was robbed at gunpoint. This happened in Philadelphia, right near the city's FTR Park. And also Illinois Senator Kimberly Lightford and her husband were carjacked in Chicago. So Scanlon had her car, her purse, her wallet, her phone stolen. She wasn't hurt, though. Now, both of these uh, congresswomen are Democrats and have supported police reforms. Lightford is pushing for cuts in police budgets as Chicago proposed slashing its police budget by $59 million. So these brazen attacks came after woke Philadelphia, the woke Philadelphia district attorney claimed the city does not have a crisis of lawlessness. Robberies there have risen 27% since 2020, and murders broke an all-time record this year. All right, well, the oldest January 6th rider is an eight- Ryder was uh, an 81-year-old guy, actually an Army veteran now. He was sentenced to three years probation. This guy's name is Gary Wickersham. Now, what he told the judge during his sentencing was that he took part in the riot back on January 6th because he just got bored sitting at home. Wickersham called it a dark blot on his otherwise unblemished name. He's a grandfather. He asked for mercy from the judge as he enters his golden years. So the judge winded up sentencing this guy, 81 years old, to 90 days at home detention, plus a fine of 2000 bucks. Wickersham, 81 years old, that Army vet believed to be the oldest of some 700 rioters who face charges and who are being sentenced. Well, life expectancy is down. It fell two years during the viral pandemic. Now, data from 2020 shows Americans can expect to live until the age of 77 years. And that's a decline of one year and eight months from 2019. The CDC report published Tuesday finds that the average American born in 2020 can expect to live to be 77 years old. And that's down from 78.8 back in 2019. There are differences between men and women, too. The life expectancy, hey guys, sorry to tell you this, dropped by more than two years since the start of the pandemic. For women, we are expected to live to be 80, a decline of about a year and a half. All right, 515 here at 77 WABC, and that's time to check in with sports. It's Justin Ellick. already, huh, Dad? Oh, my goodness. Time flies when you're having fun. Tell me about it. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Uh, nothing in the way of local sports contests last night as the Knicks, Nets, Islanders, Rangers, and Devils were all off. And obviously, after Tuesday night's football contest, we get a uh, brief breather from the NFL until uh, Thursday night. As we have seen over the past week, COVID-19 has brought the sports world to its knees once again. And now the virus is starting to leave a serious mark on the world of college football. Texas A&M has been forced to withdraw from the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, originally scheduled for this Friday, leaving Wake Forest without an opponent as officials try to find a replacement team. Enter the 5-7 and seven Rutgers Scarlet Knights, 
who are expected to receive the first opportunity to replace the Aggies and face Wake Forest in the bowl game. This would be Rutgers' first bowl game appearance since 2014 when they bested North Carolina in the Quick Lane Bowl. Some injury news out of Nixland as veteran guard Derek Rose underwent surgery Wednesday on the right ankle that has sidelined him for each of the Knicks' past two games. Rose is expected to miss at least eight weeks of action, at which point he will be re-evaluated. Also locally and regarding COVID, Jets head coach Robert Sala has joined the club and tested positive for the virus. He tested positive yesterday morning. According to the Jets, Sala was tested for the virus after reporting uh, some mild symptoms. Tight ends coach Ron Middleton, who led practice Wednesday, will remain the interim head coach until Sala clears health and safety protocols. We'll see if he can do that um, in time for this Sunday's game. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Oh, another stellar job. And uh, let's take a look at your weather. Sunshine today, our high near 39. The wind chill will make it feel between, oh, 20 and 30 degrees. Very light winds, 10 miles per hour. Now, tonight, we have a 20% chance of light snow after 10 p.m., mostly cloudy, steady. Temperature overnight around 35 degrees. Oh, I know Susie Cerrone is standing by with a look at traffic and transit as Joe Nolan takes a little vacation. Good morning. Alternate side is in effect five minutes at the Hudson River crossings heading into the city. Accident in Queens on the Jackie Robinson North Bandit Union Turnpike. That has one lane out. Overnight road work cleared off the Van Wyck southbound. And in Connecticut, an accident that happened at 11 o'clock last night. Still there, single laning on 95 southbound right near the state line. Just the right lane gets by. Heavy delays from exit three in Greenwich. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, Frank Diaz is to my left. And uh, what's going on with consumer confidence and uh, holiday hirings and firings and all that good stuff? Well, happy little Friday, Deb. Well, U.S. stocks climbed for the second day. Strong economic data helped ease investors' concerns about the risks posed by COVID-19. And, of course, inflation, the S&P 500 rose about 47 percent, just 1 percent off of uh, 0.3% from its record close earlier this month. The Dow Jones gained just 261 points, or about 0.7%. The tech heavy NASDAQ also got about 180 points, or 1.2%. Well, U.S. Co- uh, consumer confidence rose this month as Americans shrugged off concerns about rising prices. And, of course, Omicron, the conference board... A business research group said Wednesday that its consumer confidence index, which takes into account consumers' assessment of current conditions and their outlook for the future, rose to 115.8 in December, the highest reading since July. In November, it registered just 111.9. Consumers' view of current conditions dipped slightly, but their outlook for the next six months brightened. The expectations for inflation actually dropped this month, possibly because of gas prices that are also slowly dropping. Even though the government reported that prices rose in November at the fastest year-over-year rate since 1982. The Commerce Department reported last week that U.S. consumers slowed their spending from October to November, but kept shopping ahead of the holiday season despite rising prices and widespread shortages. Well, someone's getting a lump of coal for Christmas at Williams-Sonoma. The home goods giant fired scores of remote workers on mass conference calls after their seasonal jobs came to an abrupt end a month earlier than was expected. Home goods giant William Sonoma has fired scores of remote workers in a series of brutal conference calls more than a month before they expected their seasonal jobs to end. And why is that? 
My uh, goodness. Did they give any reason why Williams-Sonoma fired them a month early? Maybe so they don't have to pay benefits. Nah, I don't know. Well, take a listen to uh, – we, we got a little bit of the uh, the call, so you might want to hear what they say. We're doing this on Christmas week. Whose idea was this? Um, so we're not – this is not open for discussion. We're not having this conversation. No, we're, we're going to have this conversation. Whose idea was this? We're going to have this conversation. So whose idea – what are you going to do, write me up? You just fired me. You're going to write me up? So that sounded like a pretty heated phone call there. The company says that seasonal assignments can end at any time without warning. So it's like at will employment, essentially. And a spokesman from the company insisted that the calls were in small groups of team members, but the unnamed worker says there are more than 100 people in that call that we just listened to. Wow. That was a great piece of audio. It's, that's really a shame for them. All right. Yes. Uh, you know, we've seen all the long lines, Frank, around New York City, and uh, we've heard about the rapid spread of COVID. So now we've got some new statistics and New York State is reporting record breaking cases of COVID-19. 28,000 new cases reported statewide yesterday by the governor and hospitalizations, though. So there's, there's a glimmer of good news in this appear to be stable, though. New York Governor, of course, Kathy Hochul in Buffalo yesterday is going vertical. It's going straight up. Uh, we have 28,924 cases yesterday positive. Uh, again, another day we're breaking records. Not records we're happy about, but they're continuing. All right. So the governor announced there are currently 4,452 people hospitalized with COVID-19 throughout the whole state of New York, not just here in New York City. And that's about two thirds less than the April 2020 peak of 14,000. So and importantly, they're saying that the state health care system, there have been so much worries about this, is not overwhelmed as the high rate of vaccination in New York and the seemingly more mild Omicron variant are leading to fewer serious cases. And uh, Hoka also announced that the state will soon have about 36 million free, free take-home COVID-19 tests. Uh, she did announce an additional order of some 26 million tests. And the governor also said that beginning on December 27th, there will be testing temporarily available at some MTA stations, including at Times Square. This, of course, is some of the city MD locations closed. Now, more than 90 percent of the current cases in New York are, in fact, Omicron. That from uh, the latest CDC estimates. Well, here is the latest from New York City Mayor de Blasio about whether or not in-person crowds will be allowed in Times Square to ring in the New Year's celebration. He says in-person crowds are on. De Blasio announced yesterday that his preference, now this is not a 110% sure done deal, but he says his preference remains to move forward with plans to return to in-person crowds for the huge world-famous New Year's Eve celebration. Here's what he told Morning Joe on MSNBC. It does not make sense to do shutdowns. So we think about that event in the same vein. We'd like that event to move forward so long as we can do it safely. And that will be a decision with the healthcare leaders. Right now, good news, outdoors, fully vaccinated already. That's the rule. But we're looking at additional measures we can put in place. So the mayor said the city is actually looking into even additional safety measures that could be put in place in order to move forward with the New Year's Eve celebration with in-person crowds. He did point out that COVID-19 vaccinations are already required for all attendees. And of course, as you heard him say, crowds will be outdoors. So U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, of course, uh, not too happy with Joe Manchin and his planned no vote on the president, of course, Joe Biden's $2 trillion build back 
unlock better agenda. So Schumer, of course, from New York, called on the feds uh, as well yesterday to send 100 mobile COVID-19 testing sites to New York City. Uh, he also promised a vote on Build Back Better in January. Um, Schumer also, regarding COVID, said he's looking into expanding locations out on Long Island due to the explosion of Omicron cases here in the city. Uh, what he said was, we need these 100 mobile sites and we need FEMA to do it as soon as possible. Uh, he appeared with Mayor de Blasio during de Blasio's press briefing yesterday. Schumer has fired off a letter to FEMA insisting that it's critical that the agency provide the city with necessary resources to help slow the spread of Omicron. And these fears of a huge strain on our hospital system here in New York City due to Omicron, of course, elsewhere throughout the state and region are not being seen. Michael Dowling, as you might know, is the CEO of Northwell Health. Now, what he said Tuesday was that the hospital system is not seeing a strain on its 23 hospitals across New York and out on Long Island as COVID cases spike. So as of Monday, there were 4,328 COVID patients hospitalized throughout New York State with about every 20 out of 100,000 COVID patients needing to be hospitalized. And in New York City, 2.1 people per 100,000 are actually winding up in hospitals as a result of COVID. So that compares to the spring of 2020 when 26.6% of the 203,792 people who tested positive actually had to be hospitalized. And hospitalizations, you might remember, at the peak of the viral pandemic in the spring of 2020 set at 26.6%, according to the CDC. Now, on Tuesday, nearly 8% of the NYPD was out on sick leave, many of them with COVID-19 symptoms, too. And uh, Mayor de Blasio announced Wednesday that an additional seven city-run testing sites are opening Due to uh, the testing demand for COVID-19, I'm sure you've seen those long lines and the locations of those sites will be up on the city municipal website. It's NYC.gov. Senator Chuck Schumer also announced, of course, as I told you, that he is asking FEMA to open an additional 100 new testing sites and more tests to be sent to people's homes. Well, despite job losses during the viral pandemic, Manhattan's luxury home market is ending the year, ending 2021 with its best year on record, believe it or not. Some 1,877 contracts were actually signed at the 4 million mark and above during the year. And that is the most in data going back to 2006. All these new figures, according to brokerage Ocean Realty Incorporated, they released a report on Wednesday. That is up threefold from 2019. So the totals for both contracts and dollar value, $15.9 billion. And that's nearly 30% more than the highest years of 2013 to 2015. All right. Let's get you updated out there on the roads and the rails. Uh, Joe Nolan taking a little holiday break. In for him is Susie Cerrone. Hey, Deb, good morning. Better news in Queens. Road work cleared off the Van Wyck South and at Jamaica Avenue. An accident cleared off the Van Wyck South and at exit 12A. And an accident cleared off the Jackie Robinson North and at Union Turnpike. Alternate side in effect. Hudson River Crossing's good to go. All the overnight road work is gone. No issues along the Garden State Parkway. Big issue still in Greenwich. An overnight tractor-trailer accident, 95 southbound near the state line. Just one lane gets by. May just want to stick with the post road. Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 7. 
77 WABC. All right, let's take a look at your weather forecast. Believe it or not, we have a tiny bit of snow on our forecast. For today, though, sunshine are high near 39, light winds to 10 miles per hour. Now, the wind chill, though, Today, we'll make it feel between 20 and 30 degrees. And tonight, 20% chance of snow. Now, that comes along after 10 p.m., mostly cloudy overnight. We've got a steady temperature around 35 degrees overnight. So students are getting a break anyway. President Biden yesterday announced a 90-day extension of a pause on the collection of federally-backed student loan payments as Omicron surges and creates new economic uncertainty. Folks, our economic recovery is the strongest in the world. But I know that because of the pandemic, many borrowers need more time to resume payments. For that reason, my administration is extending the pause on student loans repayments for 90 more days through May 1, 2022. So the president bowed to pressure from both young adults and left-wing Democrats to put that extension in place. The pause was set to expire on January 31st, so it is now extended to May 1st, and interest rates on this will remain at 0% during that period, and debt collection efforts will also be suspended. 529 here at 77 WABC. We'll have our top five at 530 and a lot more news for you. And, of course, sports and we'll have your weather and economic report and traffic uh, coming up right after the break. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Here are your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. We have dire predictions from health experts. Yes, about Omicron. 140 million new infections are expected heading into the new year from January to March of 2022. Well, Christmas is canceled. Yes, Christmas canceled. I am just telling you what Dr. Anthony Fauci said. He says, uninvite your guests due to Omicron. All denials from President Joe Biden, the president claiming the supply chain crisis doesn't exist. Furthermore, Biden says store shelves, they're well stocked. Failing grades for Facebook. Now, Americans think it is absolutely the worst social media website. Three out of four Americans say they are worried about how their own personal information and personal data is being used by the social media giant. Well, New York City's LGBTQ community won't be happy about this one. Saudi Arabia's top religious body says that homosexuality is one of the most heinous crimes. And they also say that gay people are a disgrace in this world and the next. All right. So, yes, those dire warnings from health experts about Omicron, the COVID-19 variant expected to explode into the new year. So 140 million new cases are forecast during the first quarter of next year, January to March. Sixty percent of Americans are expected to be infected most asymptomatic. And of course, that's why it's so important for testing here is CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. We know with Omicron that has more mutations and is able to evade our vaccines better, that we are going to see vaccinated and even boosted people have breakthrough cases. And they will have breakthrough cases with mild and mild disease or perhaps even asymptomatic disease. 
So researchers from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation out of the University of Washington updated their COVID-19 model. So they expect the virus to hit the U.S. hard come January, peaking at 2.8 million new cases a day, a day by January 28th. And uh, the IMHE director is Dr. Chris Murray. He said, we are expecting an enormous surge in infection, so an enormous spread of Omicron. All right, here's what Dr. Anthony Fauci said yesterday. He says, Christmas is canceled. The nation's top infectious disease expert is telling you to uninvite. Yes, Fauci said, uninvite your unvaccinated family and other guests for your Christmas holiday. Now, Dr. Fauci's reasoning here is because of Omicron. Over 172,000 new cases of the COVID variant are being seen daily. This is unprecedented to see this rapidity with which any individual virus spreads throughout the world. It is really extremely unusual. It's a doubling time of two to three days, closer to two days. And Dr. Fauci says, of course, uh, he is still urging, you know, the rapid testing, the PCR testing, masking and all the things we've been told about, the hand washing and that kind of thing. A couple notable uh, developments about COVID-19. President Biden is going to take another PCR test today after being exposed to an aide who later tested positive for COVID. Now, Despite all these Omicron concerns and concerns about other strains of COVID-19, roughly 2 million people are flying each and every day. That is according to new TSA screening data. AAA had predicted that travel will be up 37% this year with an additional 27.7 million people traveling over the holiday period, which actually officially starts. There's this official figure out that where they consider the holiday period to be today through January 3rd. So, Overall, in the United States, we're averaging over 148,000 new cases daily just over the past week. So that shows you how rapidly Omicron is spreading. And uh, that is a 23 percent increase from just two weeks ago. Confirmed Omicron cases increased by 19 percent day to day up to 1,781 as of yesterday morning. But the glimmer of uh, good news here is that deaths have stabilized. Well, we have all seen uh, those supply chain issues, problems ordering online, bare shelves, that kind of thing, out-of-stock items in both stores and online. And we all know those containers are sitting in ports, not only off the port of Newark, off New Jersey, but out in California, too. And now President Biden claims the supply chain crisis did not occur. Brought together business and labor leaders to solve problems. And much, uh, you know, the much predicted uh, crisis didn't occur. All right. He says store shelves are 90 percent stocked. And furthermore, Biden said yesterday shelves are not empty this Christmas. He says gifts are being delivered and the president rejects that truckers are trying to repeal his vaccine mandate as well. All right. 527 here at 77 WABC. If you're heading out, let's get a check on the roads and the rails with Susie Cerrone for Joe Nolan. 
morning in Greenwich. A tractor-trailer accident that happened at 11 last night, 95 southbound, right near the state line. Just the far right lane is getting by. You're backed up from exit 3 right by the train station. May just want to stick with the post road southbound instead. In the city, alternate side in effect. Also a gridlock alert day today. All the overnight road work cleared at the Hudson River crossings. Good to go now in Queens on the LIE and the Van Wyck. Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, Susie, thanks for that. And today, sunshine are high near 39. The wind chill will make it feel between 20 and 30 degrees. Light winds to 10 miles per hour. Always feels worse here in the city when you're walking in between the buildings, though. You get that wind effect. Tonight, we have a 20% chance of light snow. That comes along after 10 p.m. Mostly cloudy overnight. Steady temperature around 35 degrees. Well, a lot of us, of course, worried about our personal data on social media websites and uh, Facebook getting very bad grades. The social media giant is America's least trusted social media site. Three out of four people, three quarters of Americans say they are also worried about how Facebook is using their personal information and personal data. This is all in a new poll. It found that 72% of surveyed Americans distrust Facebook's management of their personal data. Now, this poll was taken November 22nd with results released on Wednesday. It found 56% of Americans believe Facebook has a negative impact on our society. And respondents were also skeptical of other social media platforms as well. Platforms like TikTok and Instagram. The survey also found that about 70% of people are concerned about the way the electronic devices listen in in appropriate ways. The majority of Americans find targeted ads annoying and believe the collection of customer information for targeted data is unjustified. Well, I'm sure that a lot of those in the LGBTQ community will be upset about this. Saudi Arabia's top religious body has declared that Homosexuality is one of the most heinous crimes. Now, also, Saudi Arabia's top religious body said gay people are a disgrace in this world as well as the next. These statements made by Saudi Arabia's Grand Mufti Abdulaziz al-Sheikh made that statement on Wednesday. The Grand Mufti said the kingdom categorically rejects homosexuality. All right, some news about former President Donald Trump. He said that moderate Senator Joe Manchin, of course, Manchin of West Virginia, Democrat, is saving, this is what Trump said, saving President Biden from himself by opposing the Build Back Better Act, which is which the uh, 45th president claimed would blow this country up. Trump told Fox News this week that if congressional Democrats managed to succeed in passing the sweeping social spending legislation, the result would be absolutely a total disaster. And of course, uh, the president made those comments just days after the West Virginia Democrat effectively killed the $2 trillion legislation. He announced on Fox News Sunday during an interview that uh, he will vote no, citing things like inflation, the spiking national debt, and ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and its effects on the economy. Meanwhile, progressives, of course, are calling on President Biden now to use his executive power to try and implement parts of a Democrat's massive legislative agenda. Of course, Build Back Better, which has stalled in the Senate this month when Senator Manchin said he would vote no on it. 
The uh, Progressive Caucus chairwoman is Representative Pramila J. Powell. She's a Democrat out of Washington. Now, she said earlier this week that she hopes the president will act alone to implement parts of the reconciliation bill. And White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Monday that the White House hasn't had significant conversations yet on taking executive action regarding the bill. But uh, she did not take that option off the table at all. And uh, U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer out of New York admits Democrats will pass a revised Build Back Better bill early next year. Uh, There was a meeting where West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin called in and said he wouldn't support any programs that add to the national debt. And, of course, as we know, Build Back Better would increase the national debt by two trillion. Still Schumer signaling he would try to get it through a revised version of that bill in January. So Democrats are facing some tough reelection bids in both the House and the Senate. They're grappling with what to tell their constituents about the party's failure to advance major pieces of the president's agenda as they head to their home states and districts for the holidays. So people such as Representative Abigail Spanberger, she's a Democrat out of Virginia. She's one of the most vulnerable House Democrats facing reelection next year. She called Manchin's move unacceptable in a statement she issued on Sunday. Meanwhile, a morning consult Politico national tracking survey released this week finds that 41 percent of respondents said Democrats in Congress had accomplished less than they expected, while 32 percent said the party had accomplished about what they had expected. Senate Minority Leader Chuck uh, Mitch McConnell publicly urged his colleague and second in command, Senator John Thune, to run for a fourth term on Wednesday. And uh, that is coming amid reports that the minority whip is considering retirement. McConnell called Thune an outstanding senator, saying it would be a setback if Thune retired. Uh, Back on Tuesday, the New York Times reported that Thune, who's a Republican from South Dakota, is now 60 years old, is considering walking away from the U.S. Senate and the publication reporting. It's due to a combination of familial issues and the growing hold former President Donald Trump has on the Republican Party. All right. The L.A. County Sheriff is slamming woke San Francisco District Attorney Chelsea Bowden for flying in the face of common sense by calling for a crackdown on out of control smash and grab thefts, a knee jerk reaction. The sheriff is Alex Villanueva, and he said there's nothing knee jerk about it. It is simply common sense. Here's more from the sheriff. So we're making the effort out there. What we now is we need responsible district attorneys who are going to file their cases. And if they want to play the role of public defender, they should just quit their job and go over to the public defenders. And everything they say is makes perfect sense for a public defender, not for a district attorney. All right. So the sheriff says he's battling a 92 percent increase in homicides in two years and a 16 percent increase in grand theft auto, as well as spikes in other crimes. Bowden's notoriously progressive laws, which are seen as lax on crime, have been blamed for the rampant increase in crime out in San Francisco, California. Now, meanwhile, red states are increasing in population and blue states are shrinking during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, this is according to new U.S. Census Bureau data. Between 2020 and 2021, the country has seen the lowest population growth since its founding, only 0.1 percent. The biggest declines have occurred in 
Washington, D.C., and Democratic-led states, according to this new report Tuesday by the Census Bureau. D.C. topped the list with a decline of 2.9% of its population, followed by New York, which saw a 1.6% decline, Illinois with 0.9% decline, Hawaii and California both saw a 0.7% decline. Meanwhile, states that saw the biggest increases in population growth were Republican-run states, red states, starting with Idaho, 2.9%, Utah. 1.7%, Montana with 1.7%, Arizona 1.4%, and South Carolina 1.2%. The whole thing speaks for itself. All right, speaking now about sports, Justin Ellick has all the latest. Yes, I do, Deb. Thank you very much. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Nothing in the way of local sports contests as the Knicks, Nets, Islanders, Rangers, and Devils were all off last night. As we've seen over the past week, COVID-19 has brought the sports world to its knees, and now the virus is starting to leave a serious mark on the world of college football. Texas A&M has been forced to withdraw from the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, originally scheduled for this Friday, leaving Wake Forest without an opponent as officials try to find a replacement team. Enter the 5-7 and seven Rutgers Scarlet Knights, who are expected to receive the first opportunity to replace the Aggies and face Wake Forest in the bowl game. This would be Rutgers' first bowl game appearance since 2014 when they bested North Carolina in the Quick Lane Bowl. Some injury news out of Knicks land as veteran guard Derrick Rose underwent surgery Wednesday on the right ankle that has sidelined him for each of the Knicks' past two games. Rose is expected to miss at least eight weeks of action, at which point he will be re-evaluated, hopefully to return. Also locally, Jets head coach Robert Sala has joined the club and tested positive for, for COVID-19. Tested positive yesterday morning after showing some symptoms. Uh, and, uh, and tight ends coach Ron Middleton, who led practice yesterday, will remain the interim head coach until Sala uh, clears health and safety protocols. We'll see if Sala can get well in time for this Sunday's matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thank you, Justin. And in for Joe Nolan, who's on a little holiday break. Susan Sarone. Well, Deb, issues again in Queens. We've got an accident on the LIE westbound at Maurice Avenue. There's also left lane road work in the area. Alternate side in effect, a gridlock alert day today, five minutes at the Hudson River crossings. Connecticut single laning on 95 south, but at the state line from an overnight accident, you're backed up from exit three in Greenwich. This report sponsored by the U.S. Virgin Islands. The U.S. Virgin Islands is calling. No passport for U.S. citizens, no converting currency, and no destination more inviting than St. Croix, St. John, and St. Thomas, because this, my friend, is the American Caribbean. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Susie. We have a little bit of snow in our forecast. Just a 20% chance after 10 p.m. today. And uh, overall throughout the day today, sunshine, the highs 39, and the wind chill will make it feel between. 20 and 30 degrees. So that 20% chance of snow comes along after 10 p.m., mostly cloudy overnight, the temperature around 35 degrees. So let's get a check on business right now with Frank Diaz. Hi, Frank. Hi, Deb. Well, U.S. stocks climbed for a second day as strong economic data helped ease investors' concerns about the risks posed by COVID-19 and 
the crazy inflation to be seeing the last couple of weeks. S&P 500 uh, rose 47.33 points, or just 1% off of a 0.3% from its record close earlier this month. Dow Jones gained just over 261 points, or 0.7%. And the tech-heavy Nasdaq advanced about 180 points, or 1.2%. Well, U.S. consumer confidence rose this month as Americans shrugged off concerns about rising prices due to Omicron. The Conference Board of Business Research Group said Wednesday that its consumer confidence index, which takes into account consumers' assessment of current conditions and their outlook for the future, rose 115.8 in December, the highest reading since July. In November, it registered 111.9. Consumers' view of current conditions dipped slightly, but their outlook for the next six months brightened. Their expectations for inflation actually dropped this month, possibly because gas prices are also slowly dropping. So did they say that we're actually spending more over the holidays, Frank? Uh, yeah, it looks like it. I mean, you know, especially with the... Uh, uh, is supposedly the supply chain crisis is you know uh, improving. Uh, things are coming on time, so I'm guessing that's also has to do with it because uh, people are getting stuff more on time, especially before uh, Christmas Eve, because that's like you know the deadline. Obviously, well, the Commerce Department also reported last week that U.S. consumers slowed their spending from October to November, but kept shopping ahead of the holiday season despite rising prices and widespread shortages. So yeah, people are still spending. Well, someone's definitely getting a lump of coal in their stocking this year, and it's not me. Well, home goods giant William Sonoma, Sonoma fired uh, uh, scores of remote workers on mass conference calls after their seasonal jobs came to an abrupt end a month earlier than they're expected. The jobs usually end around January. We'll take a listen to this phone call. You're doing this on Christmas week? Whose idea was this? Um, so we're not, this is not open for discussion. We're not having this conversation. No, we're, we're going to have this conversation. Whose idea was this? We're going to have this conversation. So whose idea, what you're going to do, write me up? You just fired me. You're going to write me up? Getting, getting fired right before Christmas Eve. Wow. The company says that seasonal assignments could end at any time without warning, so basically at-will employment. A spokeswoman from the company insisted that the calls were held in small groups of team members, but the unnamed worker in the phone call that uh, we just listened to says there are more than 100 people in that one uh, uh, group call that they had. Wow. Maybe their sales were down. Who knows? I mean, people are always, you know... Especially lately, they've, I mean, I definitely did recently. I, I renovated my kitchen, so people are buying, you know, plates and cups and you know stuff to make their houses look nice. I mean, you renovated your kitchen. Uh, yeah. Why, why are you having everybody over? Uh, I, I mean, and, and you can cook. I just, uh, yeah, I, I can cook actually. Yeah. All so, right, great. You know. Well, the invitation must be in the mail. Uh, eventually, yes. All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, New York State. Let's uh, get you updated on a little bit more on Omicron and COVID. New York State is reporting record-breaking cases of COVID now. As uh, we expect, 28,000 new cases reported statewide as of yesterday, but hospitalizations appear to be stable. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul in Buffalo yesterday. This virus is going vertical. It's going straight up. Uh, We have 28,924 cases yesterday positive. Uh, Again, another day we're breaking records. Not records we're happy about, but they're continuing. All right. The governor announced there are currently 4,452 people hospitalized with COVID throughout the state of New York. That's about two-thirds less, though, than was seen in April 2020, where there was a peak of 14,000. Now, the state health care system is not as overwhelmed as the high rate of vaccination in New York and the seemingly more mild Omicron variant uh, are leading to fewer serious cases, Hochul said. So... 
Hochul said the state also will have about 36 million free take-home COVID tests. Uh, She announced an additional order of 26 million tests. And she also said that beginning on December 27th, there will be testing temporarily available at some of the MTA stations, including at Times Square. So more than 90 percent of the current cases in New York are, in fact, Omicron that uh, from the CDC estimates yesterday. Well, it appears that in-person crowds, this is not a definite, are on. For the huge Times Square New Year's Eve celebration, you'll remember earlier this week we told you that New York City mayor announced earlier this week that he'll have a decision by Christmas. So Mayor de Blasio announced Wednesday that his preference remains to move forward with plans to return to in-person crowds for the big New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square. Here's what he told Morning Joe on MSNBC. It does not make sense to do shutdowns. So we think about that event in the same vein. We'd like that event to move forward so long as we can do it safely. And that will be a decision with the healthcare leaders. Right now, good news, outdoors, fully vaccinated already. That's the rule. But we're looking at additional measures we can put in place. So, yeah, de Blasio did say that New York City officials are looking into additional safety measures that could be put in place in order to move forward with the annual celebration and the in-person crowds. And uh, the mayor pointing out that COVID-19 vaccinations are already required for all attendees for those planning to go into Times Square and that the crowds will be gathered outdoors. He said that's a bonus, too. All right. Uh, U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York said on Wednesday he has called on the feds to send 100 mobile COVID-19 testing sites here to New York City. We've all seen those long lines out on the street at the rapid testing sites and, and out the tents and the vans. Schumer also said he is looking into expanding locations out on Long Island, too, due to the explosion of Omicron cases. And uh, he was with Mayor de Blasio yesterday during de Blasio's daily briefing. And he uh, said that we need these 100 mobile sites and we need FEMA to do it as soon as possible. He has fired off a letter to FEMA making this request. Well, the fears of a strain on hospitalizations due to Omicron are not being seen here in New York. As you might know, Michael Dowling is the CEO of Northwell Health. And he said on Tuesday... The hospital system is not seeing a strain on its 23 hospitals across New York and out on Long Island as COVID-19 cases increase because of the Omicron variant. Now, as of Monday, 4,328 COVID patients were actually hospitalized throughout New York State with about one out of uh, every 20 or 20 out of Every 100,000, 20 out of every 100,000 COVID patients actually need to be hospitalized. Now, in New York City, 2.1 people per 100,000 are actually winding up in the hospitals as a result of COVID. So that's a big difference comparing it to the spring of 2020 when 26.6% of 203,792 people who actually tested positive had to be hospitalized. Hospitalizations at the peak of the viral pandemic back in the spring of 2020 sat at 26.6%, according to the CDC. Now, on Tuesday, nearly 8% of the NYPD also were out on sick leave, leaving many of them with COVID-19 symptoms. And uh, Mayor de Blasio did announce Wednesday that an additional seven city-run testing sites will be opening due to the testing demand for COVID-19. And those sites will be up on the city website, nyc.gov. 
Well, despite job losses during the viral pandemic, Manhattan's luxury home market is ending 2021 with its best year on record. There were a total of 1,877 contracts signed at four million bucks and above this year. So that's the most in data going back to 2006, according to Brokerage Ocean Realty Incorporated in the report released Wednesday. It is up threefold from 2019. So the totals for both contracts and dollar value, 15.9 billion. And that's nearly 30% more than the highest years of 2013 to 2015. 557 here at 77 WABC. Joe Nolan on a little hiatus, but we have Susie Cerrone with your traffic and transit. Well, Deb, issues again in Queens. We've got an accident on the LIE westbound at Maurice Avenue. There's also left lane road work in the area. Alternate side in effect, a gridlock alert day today. Five minutes at the Hudson River crossings. Connecticut single laning on 95 South, but at the state line from an overnight accident, you're backed up from exit three in Greenwich. This report sponsored by the U.S. Virgin Islands. The U.S. Virgin Islands is calling. No passport for U.S. citizens, no converting currency, and no destination more inviting than St. Croix, St. John, and St. Thomas, because this, my friend, is the American Caribbean. I'm Susie Cerrone on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, and today, sunshine, our high is 39. The wind chill will feel like 20 to 30 degrees, light winds to 10 miles per hour. Now, we have a 20% chance of light snow that comes along after 10 p.m., mostly cloudy overnight, and the temperature will hang overnight around 35 degrees. Well, There's actually some good news for students out there who are holding student loans. President Biden Wednesday announced a 90-day extension of a pause on the collection of federally-backed student loan payments. And that, as the Omicron variant of COVID-19 creates some new economic uncertainty. Folks, our economic recovery is the strongest in the world. But I know that because of the pandemic, many borrowers need more time to resume payments. For that reason, my administration is extending the pause on student loans repayments for 90 more days through May 1, 2022. So this pause was set to expire on January 31st of next year. It is now extended to and through May 1st. So Biden apparently bowing to pressure here, not only from young adults, but also left-wing Democrats to put that extension in place. Now, interest rates will remain at 0% during this time period, and debt collection efforts will also be suspended. So we've heard a lot about the possibility of maybe a combination vaccine down the road, and there is word that the U.S. Army is developing a vaccine to fight against COVID and SARS origin variants. And uh, this is from scientists at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research. They expect to announce a one-stop shot within the next few weeks. And uh, they said, though, that the only thing was that this vaccine has not actually been tested on the Omicron variant, although it has been tested on other strains. So we'll keep you updated on that as information becomes available. All right. My pleasure. Deb Valentine in with the early news. Many thanks to Susie Cerrone for Joe Nolan, Frank Diaz with our business report and sports report with Justin Ellick. We'll be back here bright and early tomorrow morning. At 5 o'clock, we hope you're here as well. Curtis Sliwa and Russ Salzberg coming up at 6.